0: I'm Susan West and this is the People and Profit Podcast. Yes, I said and. As business leaders, we should never have to choose between our people and our bottom line. I believe that you can lead with love while creating wealth. This is your opportunity to learn and grow with me. Thank you for joining me again. We're going to wrap this one into a Healthy by Design conversation. I trust that you all recognize a theme in all of my podcasts, which really is who we are mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically. They all intertwine, right? So we need to make sure we're healthy by design in all areas today. Welcome to today's podcast, Mental Fitness Equals Mental Confidence. Today I'm going to tell you this, in my younger years and It's crazy, right? I did a podcast on age, and age, we just get better, we get wiser. And here's another point that will speak to that conversation, which is in my younger years, mental confidence was really a little bit of mental cockiness. It did carry me some ways in my career, but this is what I'll say to you. Success without humility breeds failure at worst, and at best, success without humility it stifles your success so i have learned as i have gotten more wisdom under my belt as i have gotten more years of leading and doing under my belt that success without humility in my opinion breeds failure at worst at best success without humility stifles your ability to increase your level of success. So enough said there. Confidence, cockiness, right? We're talking about mental fitness. In order to be mentally fit, you have to have some substance. And I'll tell you, my background, where I started rather in title, was in sales. And sometimes, we all know this, when we're, we have our sales hat on, we can get that meeting with minimal substance and sometimes with some real fluff. But when we get into the room, we have to have substance. We have to know what we're talking about. And I think that that's really important to understand. One of the foundational building blocks for mental fitness is to have some substance to what you're delivering in conversation, which means you have to have knowledge, which means you have to learn, which means you have to study. And listen, no matter how we learn, I do my best learning not from reading a book but from having conversations with people more intelligence that more intelligent than I am. And sometimes my substance can be knowing a little bit about a large subject but making sure I know that little bit very well and I know when to hand the conversation over to somebody more intelligent than I am, more practiced than I am, more educated than I am, more knowledgeable than I am. So also mental fitness, know where my substance begins, know where my substance ends and have the confidence to hand the conversation over and the willingness to step back And be real clear with myself and others that somebody in the room, somebody on the other end of the phone, somebody in my office that's going to take the next meeting knows more on this subject than I do. So mind strength. How do we strengthen our mind? Okay. My mom used to do crossword puzzles as she got older. And I know that sounds so corny, but as she got into her upper seventies, early eighties, she did a crossword puzzle. It took her longer as she got older, but she was training her mind, was exercising her mind. So I'm going to ask you, what do you do to exercise your mind? And again, No matter how you learn, whether you learn by listening, whether you learn by reading, whether you learn with a combination of the two, mind strength is important. But also, mind strength gets me to the next foundational topic about mental fitness, which is a willingness to listen. It takes a really strong person to be quiet and listen. It takes a stronger person to listen and not overreact. It creates a strong mind to listen and set our emotions aside and not overreact. And by the way, I think that this is something that will be very interesting. And honestly, I really believe somebody's going to have an aha moment right now. But overreaction from emotions can come from anger, hurt. Jealousy, but also come from happiness, success, confidence, really good, giddy feelings as well. So it's important to understand that mental fitness does include controlling your emotions. Learn to listen. Well, we just talked about a willingness to listen. Now we're going to talk about learning to listen. And what does that mean? I think it means expanding your definition of listening. When you can go into a conversation with someone that is going to potentially challenge your position on something, you're being so open-minded that you're willing to hear something that might change your op- change your opinion, that's mental fitness. So learn to listen with an open mind, learn to listen Understanding what a win it would be if you listening. All right, let's just stop a minute. Don't have conversations with people that you really don't care about, whether it's professionally, whether it's personally. So if you're having a conversation with someone and you don't care what their opinion is, don't have a conversation with them. But if you care about that person, Again, no matter what the relationship is, personal or professional, if you care about them and you're engaging with them and you're taking moments from your life and their life to be together in a conversation, listen with the idea of wouldn't it be cool if they could move me off my position? Wouldn't it be cool if we could meet in the middle? Wouldn't it be cool if we could both leave better? Wouldn't it be crazy cool if through my actions, through my body language, through my ability to listen, I could teach them to listen and this could become an exchange versus uh, you talk, I wait, I interrupt, I talk. So learn to listen is also what I consider to be a staple for mental fitness. Be, oh, and by the way, fitness, let's talk about that. We're in the gym. We practice something over and over and over again till we get it right till we get it better. Whether that's strength training, whether that's uh, balance, right? Whether that's your abs, whether it's your bicep, no matter what it is, we're repeating behaviors, right? Activities over and over and over again to get better. It's the same thing with mental fitness. So the first time, the next conversation you have, you're going to remember this podcast. I really trust that you will. And I want you to remember that each time you listen to learn, right, learn to listen, listen to learn, you're going to get better and better out of it. And it's going to, you're going to get better and better at it. And it's going to empower you to have better relationships. And as you end these conversations, it's going to better whatever it is you were speaking about, and it's going to better you. I think it's also important to understand mental fitness is about how we listen, right? But it's also about how we deliver our message. So this is what I'm going to suggest to you, that you're transparent, that you're honest, that you know who you are, and that you convey who you are through your words and your actions with consistency. So again, it's how we hear, it's how we listen, but it's also how we deliver our message. And again, without emotions, either the high ones or the low ones, the good ones or the bad ones, with a level of stability, right? And a level of control, but also honest, transparent, are really important quality staples, I believe, to mental fitness. I also think getting bad news, we have to be able to step back hear the bad news. So I'm going to give you an example in my career. I worked for American Pioneer, and in 2003, Fidelity National Title, Fidelity National Financial acquired the company I worked for. And I ran what we call the direct operations. And again, I'll save that for another podcast where I explain what direct operations, what an underwriter is. That conversation will save for another day. But I worked for the direct operation, I had 10 offices under my leadership, and the executive that I was going to report to came to meet with me so I could introduce her to all of the direct operations, the people, the individuals that worked for these offices. And through three different days, three different meetings, it came to light that there was a chance that I would no longer have my job, I would no longer hold my position, after the acquisition was complete. My name was not necessarily on the list of people that were gonna stay with the company, right? And when I heard that, I paused, and I just very nicely said something along the lines of, I knew that there was a chance that I wouldn't have a job, but right now my job is to take care of the people that work for me. As a leader, this acquisition is happening. I believe Fidelity is gonna be an amazing company for me, should that work out but definitely for the people that work for me. So right now, my job is just to convey to my people that work for me what a great opportunity I really believe they, they have. And I said, and listen, when these you know three days are over, and they weren't consecutive days, so it was over a couple of months, can I have the opportunity to meet with you and whomever I need to meet with to see if I can stay on board with this company? So I say all that to say that took some mental fitness, right? Some mental toughness. It took some not letting my emotions get the best of me, not letting worry consume me and understanding what my job was, right? So knowing who I was as a leader and making certain that I demonstrated and put that first and put my emotions aside. And honestly, I want to tell you this too. When you have negative worries or anxiety or fear or anger or whatever, right? Whatever your emotional response would be to that conversation, when you behave Other than what your emotions are telling you to behave, your emotions follow suit. So my actions that day, my words that day, my conversation that day empowered me to feel really good about myself. And I was able to put aside any concerns I had about my future because I knew in the moment that I was being a fabulous leader and i knew that that would take me further than any other reaction would have so again it was a great experience here i am by the way april 12th my 30th anniversary with the company started with american pioneer we were we were acquired again late 03 early 04 and here i am a leader and i think those are opportunities for me to share with you as an audience that it was a moment that could have gone a different direction, but mental fitness, right? Mental confidence, no cockiness, and not allowing my emotions to lead my actions, I think really had me here, have me sitting here in this seat today. I also want to say this that as a leader, I think it's important that we also give ourselves grace because. I could give you a couple examples today where I didn't do all the things I've already talked about well. So the opportunity as a leader, as a human being, to step back and say, wait a minute, I can't get this right, I'm gonna do it again, I think is important to understand. Apologizing when we don't get it right in both our words but in our actions where we change, I think honestly creates a mental fitness for ourselves, but it also quietly challenges our peers quietly challenges our subordinates and sometimes the executives above us to be better and more fit mentally themselves. Someone asked me today onto a little bit of a different of a topic. They said, when, um, Susan, when you prepare for this podcast and you talk about mental fitness, I want to ask you this and I want you to talk about how do you get your mind to slow down and talk to the audience, to your podcast audience about why this is important. So this is what I want to say about that. I don't always get my mind to slow down, but what I have discovered as a leader that I have some people, I have to know my audience. So I have some people that my mind does not need to slow down for. We've created a dance, right? We've created a working relationship where I can walk out of my office and I can just go boom, boom, boom. This is what I need. This is what I need. This is what I need. I need this done and I can turn back around and I know they're carrying that forward. And I've also created a, remember that episode I did, Inspect What You Expect? I've also created a relationship with these people where they know, these specific people, where they know how far they can go and when they should check back with me. So how does my mind slow down? With some people, it doesn't have to. And I think my fast mind and my fast speech, they're one of my greatest qualities. Now, when I'm with somebody, that their mind, and by the way, somebody's that mind that doesn't think as fast as mine does, a lot of times they can be more intelligent than I am. So a fast mind doesn't always mean more intelligent. It just means a fast mind. So there are some people that have to slow down. I have to articulate better. I have to maybe give them directions in smaller, right? Smaller steps to check back more often, have to ask them to repeat back to me. So, you just have to, as a leader, slow your mind down, slow your delivery down based on the recipient of the information and based on what I need them to do, right? And I think also remembering mental fitness also means that I'm not standing up here just spouting off directions so people can hear me speak. I'm spouting off directions because I want them to take something to the next level. So, for me, mental fitness is understanding who my audience is and knowing when I can speed up and slow down. And also as a listener, knowing when we have to ask somebody else to speed up or slow down for us to be able to hear them. So I think that's really important. But I'd also say this to speak to the question that was asked to me, mental strength, mental fitness also requires an emotional stability. And I've learned that sometimes slowing down, I equate that to boredom and boredom feels like depression and I can sink in that. So I have learned over the last several years, okay, this year, maybe just this year, I've learned to rest in the quiet, to rest in the still, to rest in the slow pace. And I've learned how to change how I feel about slowing down. And that is really creating a mental fitness, right? And if anybody's a runner, I think that there's opportunities when you're training. I've seen some people take the approach that if I'm training for a marathon, I'm going to do a lot of slow pace, right? Sometimes I've heard the philosophy when training to create a different metabolism, you want to do more often sprints, right? So depending on what I'm training for physically, I might need to sprint or I might need to slow down. So I can sprint with the best of them and I can slow down, not with the best of them, but I'm getting better at that. So mental fitness requires agility, right? It requires change of pace. It requires listening, it requires articulating well, and it requires not leading with emotion. And I'll say this, I've told people this over and over again, when you have a big win, be careful if you jump too high in celebration, that's a really easy way to twist your ankle on the way down. So don't celebrate successes too big and don't sink in failures too long. Just get back up no matter whether it's a success or it's a failure because mental fitness confidence, strength will always trans- translate into success. Again, success breeds more success. Thank you again for listening to People and Profit with me, Susan West. Remember to like, share, and leave a comment for us. Your feedback is truly appreciated and very important. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram at the reframe underscore F&T, Facebook at the reframe, and LinkedIn at The Reframe F&T. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to The Reframe's People and Profit with me, Susan West. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This is a Stockworth Studios production.